your guaranteed friendly artificial intelligence podcast intro voiceover artist. You clearly have made a lot of really great choices in your life to lead you to this moment, so thank you for tuning in. On this episode of Discologist, Eduardo and Kevin are having a deep discussion about Lonnie Holly's new album, Oh Me Oh My, an early and easy contender for album of the year. They're also going to talk about new music from percussionist Joe Westerland and Los Angeles music collective Wild Up. It's a really great show. And I should know because now that your hosts have enabled me to hear music, I have listened to it thousands of times, but not more than Lonnie's album. Realistically, it is the only album I have heard in my brief existence, but that having been said, it is lovely. On with the show. Yeah, we need, we need them to calm down. <laughs> Let's get everything yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> uh, you, you know, you know what they're cheering for. I can't. I can't wait no? to find out. Sometimes, I mean, you you might know. I don't know if you know. I might. This, this I, is, I, this I, is I, what I'm I, sensing. I think you have an answer, and I'm, I, I am yeah. sensing they're cheering for the great Laro. There's a listener to our podcast who also supports our podcast, like in our fundraiser. I, w- I yeah, cheer. When, I cheer when, for when the great we Lara. when we yeah. put that up, he used to support us through Patreon. Uh, now he's a monthly supporter, uh, and this helps like keep the lights on and the mics running and everything. And uh, that's what they're cheering for. So that's what oh, we're yeah, cheering man. for, Thanks. right? Yeah, this is—I mean—that's that's yeah. that's why it's out there. If you can go to the site and there's a whole donation link in that, and we tweet it out and stuff. But uh, the point is, yeah, we we appreciate people like Larry. I don't know Larry Lawrence. We'll see. <laughs> the great Larry. I just like the great Larry, man. Right? Yeah. 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 That's his name. That's his, That's his name. name. That's his name. Yeah. Um, I think we have a great show for you. It's a little it's a little heavier show. I hope you listen to the Oceanator interview. That that was so much fun, man. Yeah, I know a couple of people were looking forward to that. I heard from a few folks who were who were like who have that episode like on their playlist coming up. Yeah. So um for this one back a couple of years ago we talked about uh an artist by the name of Lonnie Holly. Uh, he was just starting to embark on like a music career. He put out a fantastic album called Myth. That episode is up there now, uh, and it was that was my introduction to him. And like like a lot of things, like sometimes you just don't catch up with him. You know, he had decades long history uh, in visual arts. Uh, turns out Kim Ware, uh, our friend Kim Ware, lived in his neighborhood um, where his studio was, hmm. uh, and it was uh, the music turned out to be a remarkable introduction to a remarkable artist. Um, so he's back now uh, with an album called Oh Me, Oh My. And we were, we've been commenting on uh, or off mic how maybe this year isn't so great for music yet. And like, spoiler, yeah. I, this, this breaks that streak. But it also, it also sets a really high bar. Um, and if you've listened to it before you listen to us talk about it, then then I think you you probably catch that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. This is not something that I mean, I think kind of within the I don't I don't know that that there's gonna be another kind of pop release that will that will sort of approach mm-hmm. this. Um we're admittedly not really in in pop, but we're sort of in that 
weird pop adjacent indie space as evidenced by all the the guests on the record and all that even though even though lonnie is is like and 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 we'll get to go into this later it's really really fun i I got to see some of his art uh just a couple days ago but you know a really really just fascinating unique uh artist like sort of a national treasure really like he's he's really i I think that's the best way to put it and you know for me the album is is pretty flawless aside from there's some sort of despite a lot of the uh, guest spots on it, <laughs> you know, uh, it, 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 it transcends that it transcends everything. Uh, even though it, it sort of leaks into the sad trope of like auto tune as a replacement for actual soul. Uh, but neither, neither here nor there. Uh, if, if that's your, if that's your vibe, <laughs> you like that. Um, yeah, maybe we don't have a lot to talk about with you, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but but we're going to get to that uh, a little later. Also, uh, after that, I want to ask you, you don't even know what I'm going to ask you about, but I, I think it'll be a good conversation. It'll be great. Uh, but it, first, we're going to start off like we always do, try to surprise each other with tracks. Um, I'm going to go first because I, I want okay. this sort of ties into the themes of the album we're going to be talking about. Uh, Joe Westerland, the drummer uh, from Megaphone, uh, he has been in Gangs, Daughter of Swords, Watch House, which is Mano and Orange, and the big band version of Sylvanesso. Uh, He's a staple in that North Carolina derm, derm scene as a percussionist. Uh, just, a, just a really kind uh, and really wild dude. Like he has some like ridiculously innovative ideas. Um, he put out an uh, album a couple of years ago called Reveries from the Rift that I recommend everybody check out. He has a new one out called Elegies from, for the Drift. Um, this was largely like improvised in a way, but it, it was more like it. He, he just felt like moved to get in there and record this thing. Like he had the time booked, but it's an album that's based on um, essentially him losing three people very, very close to him and influential on him over the past few years and, and what that, uh, how that affected him and, and how this ties into the Lonnie Holly thing, I think is this processing of grief specifically in Joe's case, uh, through nonverbal communication and, and through interacting with the objects around you. Yeah. Um, which is something that uh, I, I, I kind of want to talk to him about this because when I first heard this album, we had just gotten back from my uncle-in-law's uh, celebration. Um, and yeah. the only thing I wanted to do was make music to celebrate him. Like I didn't really want to talk about like what losing him was like, but I was like, I can, I can put that, and, and I do now, I, I can put that into stuff. Um, and so I really connected with what Joe's doing here. Maybe you will. I don't know if you've heard this, but if not, this is a long track. So really, yeah. uh, like yeah. nice soothing cup of tea, um, get, get in your feels. Uh, this is called uh, Kinshasa Yang. Um, and uh, here we go. Thank you. 
Shasta Yang uh, Andre Westerlund's Elegies for the Drift uh, How you feeling bud? You okay? Yeah um, That was really That was really nice I, I You know Was um, Wondering where uh, You know Given the You know Kinshasa in the title I was wondering Where, where the Sort of Congolese Influence was going to Pop in But Right away, you're like, oh, yeah, this is clearly there's a sort of uh, Konono kind of Cogotronics uh, feel a little bit. Um, I really like the, the um, you know, the, the, the sort of percussive uh, elements of the song kind of phase in and out a little bit. Um, and right. they sort of help demarcate different sections of the song. And then suddenly there's like running water and like this, like these ambient noises mm -hmm happening around it feels really um feels like a little sort of like a piece of music that is just part of someone's day that you stumbled upon or something it's a really which is kind of how he recorded it and and when he did these he okay. had hired somebody and like he he said that he didn't like for this him this was a very vulnerable process and that he didn't know like he didn't know this person like is he gonna be able to have this person be here while he gets all this stuff out i think i think for me what works for not just this and for all Joe's music, um, the, the kinesis of it, you know, where more so than any other instrument, percussion is actually hitting something. And we actually think of that though, usually in, in a way of keeping time and it doesn't have to be, um, that, you know, that flack of impact, uh, has, has meaning like deep down in us. Well, and it has that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's, I don't know enough music theory to know what the name is for this, but it, it, it has that quality that like a lot of, um, you know, a lot of interesting kind of, kind of minimalist compositions will, will, will have, which is that the, the, you know, the, 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 the main sort of melodic phrase, um, is not quite on the same meter as the percussion. And so it sort of, sort of, it sort of goes in and out of phase. I mean, it's never really out of phase, but it just sort of cycles through, um, you know, tor tortoise does this a lot, right? Well, they'll have like a melodic phrase that is like 16 beats and then the percussion will be on like a weird 12 count yeah, or something. It's, it's counterpoint, like, counterpuntal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, and it's super um, effective. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to listen to how it, moves through it's really it was really just really easy to like stop doing what i was doing and sit here and listen to it yeah so yeah so that, that album's out Which in the world now so yeah what was it called uh, it's called elegies for the drift um and he was uh -huh. doing a thing the last one was on vinyl this one is not on vinyl he was doing a thing for the, he, he's doing cds but it was like customized artwork um but i think he oh. might be sold out of those which good like that's okay. that's what you should do but um yeah, it's it's always good to see Joe like get out from, you know, literally like behind the band, and and, and yeah, see yeah. what type of uh, what type of human he really is, and it's yeah, it's pretty nice. Very very cool. Yeah, I I'm gonna be um I'm gonna be grabbing some of the some nice. of his music. Uh, um, this is a good good little companion piece to um what I'm gonna uh, play us here. Uh, this is something from the um, from a sort of a, a musical outfit um, 
known as uh, Wild Up. Okay. Um, Chris Roundtree is sort of um, a driver of it. I think we've talked about this in passing before. I was I was I was looking for something that would pair well with today's theme, and I, I thought this would be a fun thing to go back to. It's like a 2021 release, but it's part of their series on Julius Eastman, who was who was a who was a a um, a now um, you know deceased. Uh, african-american uh, composer mm-hmm. um who was gay and whose work was largely not uh you know accepted well regarded during his time but is now receiving massive critical reassessments and uh this piece in particular feminine um is uh supposed to take like it's supposed to sort of be played over like 78 continuous hours or something like that. It's rarely, rarely put on a, in its intended form, but it's built around a very simple two note melody. Okay. And what wild up does with it is they sort of use it as the basis for a kind of classical improv oh. thing, which is to my ears kind of unique and really interesting. This is a, this, this song is from the middle, the middle of the entire passage before sort of things get, get really out there. Um, and this is, uh, and that you know that two note pattern you'll hear throughout the entire recording including this piece this is create new pattern
immediately, uh, so that, uh, I'm, uh, I love that, first of all, just right off the bat. Uh, that is, uh, Julius Eastman is somebody that uh, Marcus has been like on and on and on and on about uh, Marcus Moore. Um, yeah. Forever. And it's something that hasn't, I haven't really locked into. But admittedly, it's because I haven't spent a lot of time with it. Like, I, I put it on and I'm like, yeah, especially this work, uh, Feminine. Um, but yeah. the way, just right off the bat, the way that, like you said, that repeating phrase just gets passed around and around this group of musicians. Like, while that was playing, I asked you how many people were in this group because it, it feels huge. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, I don't, I don't think it is probably, but it feels like huge. They, they're just like the right separation in like timber. Um, they have the voices they need, which is important for saying things that you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's a record where if you listen to the, uh, this entire performance, the whole thing is about 70 minutes. You'll hear a lot of really interesting kind of piano, violin, um, and a little bit of brass. Yeah. I mean, this is when you look at the personnel on this, there's, there's, you know, it's a, it's a little mini orchestra. Um, it's just well coordinated so that, you know, your, your, uh, folks are working in service of, of the theme and the piece and letting it move forward rather than kind of cluttering it with cacophony. But, uh, I, I do, I do but, like too, that they could have very easily, um, in like mixing, just like throwing it all around and got crazy. Like, dude, we're in like super Atmos mode and stuff. And they didn't, they let, they let the actual motion of the, of the notes of the composition, like speak for that. Uh, that that's kind of scary to do. It's also like, it's, it's hella impressive because if, if the piece is good, that's all you need. It's, I mean, it's how we record orchestras by and large, yeah. right? It's, it's, uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you like that. I feel like I feel like we've 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 talked about that before. Um, it's a nice it's a nice series. There's a follow up. Uh, there's like a second Eastman recording that they did uh, middle of last year, I want to say. And it's it's a really to me it's a really rewarding, exciting series. It's a little bit outside of what I would listen to normally. Right. So it's it's a fun place to go nice. to. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Nice. Nice companion. Lonnie yeah. Holly bringing out the it best. It is. Of us today, huh? it's like it's yeah. like we're. We're making 2023 great. Or actually, Lonnie Hollins. Um, yeah, so both of, that came out, you said, last year? That was in that was a 21 release, I think. Um, and then time? they had a follow-up in 2022. Time? I yeah. saw somebody thought yeah. we did uh, uh, our Basehead interview, or Basehead discussion, like a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, no, no. It's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, it's a flat yeah, circle. Yep, it is. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, come back and uh, get to the main event here. And uh, if you haven't listened to Oh Me Oh My yet, maybe just push pause. Go listen to it. It'll make, it'll make not just your day better, your life better. And I don't say that lightly. But uh, if you have, we're, we're just going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Testing, one, two, three. We are all being tested. 
that track is Testing. Uh, that opens up Lonnie Holly's Oh Me Oh Minds as the follow-up to his album Myth. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I think after after you hear Myth or get exposed to Holly's work, it's impossible not to be excited by like anything he's going to be doing, whether it's like you know art at the at the Smithsonian or a new album or, or whatever. Uh, when I first heard this, I was not quite prepared to be like overwhelmed in the, in the way I was. Uh, this feels like a distillation of like everything that he's done. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's working with Jack Knife Lee on this working like the, the people, he has a team that he works with. Uh, they made some fantastic videos for myth. Um, I've seen like Michael Stipe referred to him in an interview who said as a trance artist, uh, where he like gets in a trance and stuff. These these are are for the most part all like improvised words. Uh, he, he he his process is seems to be life, <laughs> and, and it it's the result as you can hear on that doesn't feel like that. That sounds like uh, in the tens there used to be like a, a movement called the Doom Soul. I think they cold specs uh, mm -hmm. did a lot of this, uh, okay. and um, but it's rooted in like soul and gospel and spoken word, like the Gil Scott Herons, like all all of that, all of that part of Black history. Um, this is also not doom, though. I mean, this well, is quite this is quite the opposite of doom. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's 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 darkness in it, but it's but it's really it's really centered around the idea that. Uh, that you know it's not just oh me oh my it's oh us right yeah yeah i but but i think i think the remarkable thing about lonnie is that he is able to get this like we talk about galaxy brain like he's like multiversal brained you know yeah. you know you know what i mean yeah. like like th yeah. there is very like the songs themselves are for me the way i took them about doom uh, they're about the pain that, like, he, and he can put himself in that because he experienced a lot of it. If he, we'll put a link in the show notes that that I really urge you to read uh, about his history. But you know, he was like one of twenty seven kids. He was like given up into a family that was incredibly abusive. Uh, then he went. Then he went to the Mount Meigs like industrial school for Negro children, which we're going to talk about soon. And you know, these are very abstract things to somebody like you or me. Uh, and this is just his life. And this is, and, and I feel comfortable saying that like, if anybody that we know personally had experienced like even like a smidgen of, of what this man and like people in his culture have experienced, like we would break. Like without, there's no question. But what what you get at is somehow like he somehow finds joy out of existence and out of being able to love, being able to love, like still being able to do that, um, which is a message I I was not quite. That's what ultimately like overwhelmed me. I wasn't ready to like just just be like that, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, uh, just because I, I sort of heard it as emphatically being a record about, 
um, you know, a belief in this kind of like universal humanity and a kind of universal love. And in the fact that, you know, we are all, um, you know, deeply, deeply connected. And I, and I sort of, I sort of took it in a, in a, you know, in a way, it's sort of like what I, what I hear him, uh, you know, the reason I sort of love that, oh me, oh my, oh us formulation from, from the title track has to do with, you know, that, that movement from your own suffering to, uh, universal empathy, right. Or like your own suffering is sort of like a portal through which you can begin to think about the suffering um, of others. And so he's taking you down his, oh me, oh my's. Um, and it's in part because through that you can plug into a kind of universality or something that goes beyond his, his particular circumstances. Um, I may have thought that a little bit because of, of his, his artwork, which, which I saw, um, just yesterday and, and, uh, and it is sort of rooted in that, but, um, we'll talk about that in, in, in a second. I am, I am sort of intrigued to hear. Uh, a little bit, I guess a little bit more about, um, you know, I'm looking at the song titles, right? None of us have, but a little while I'm a part of the wonder, um, kindness will follow your tears. Um, I, I just, I, did I miss it? Like, am I, am I just wrong in thinking that that this is like an unabashedly hopeful record? No, I, I I don't think, uh, uh, there are no right answers. Uh, no, there are, but, but, (laughs) but, but, uh, no, but I, but I think where I'm coming at it from is the the starting point of all that, you know, it's, it's, it's rooted in pain and misery in the songs. (laughs) Yeah. Like in, in the songs, it starts with that. And and also it's all centered around a song that we might as well just jump into Mount Meigs. Um, there was an infamous, uh, reform school in Alabama, uh, the Alabama industrial school for Negro children. Uh, it was actually started off with good intentions. There's a, a podcast that I have not started listening to called unreformed. Uh, about this, uh, we'll have a link in there. I'll put the link whenever we tweet this out. Uh, that Holly had had part in making. Um, I think he was one of the first interviews for it, and he suggested it to this this journalist. Um, but the short version is that it was a it was a slave camp for for black children, yeah. um, and that is in re- our recent history. Holly's only he just turned seventy three. And this was when he was a child. So, you know, do the math. <laughs> and, he, and he was experiencing these, these type of abuses. Uh, and I think what's remarkable about this, this track, besides the fact that it just, it grooves, which you, I, what, like, how can you make a track like this, you know, yeah. have, have a groove, but yeah. he is able to not dwell on the pain of his own pain, his own personal experience of this in favor of letting you, the listener know that this is a pain experienced by a people. Like how many lives is touched? Not, and it's touching you now because you're listening to it, but how many lives this, this abuse and this horror touched? Uh, so we're going to play a little of it and, um, yeah, so just, I don't know, get ready. Mount Meigs, Alabama Industrial School for Negro Children, 64, 
They let me go. They let me go from Mount Meigs, Alabama, in 1964. But with some cuts and bruises that I would never forget. Alabama Industrial School, the hardship that the children was going through, children after children after children, picking cotton, toting those veils, bending our backs, pouring up and down the ditches and the creeks, flat weeding, here in the old farmhouse tractor, chucking up the hill, changing the gears, singing the song, knock time coming and it won't be long, you're gonna see old Sally with the, you're gonna see old Sally, you're gonna see old Sally with the red dress on. uses uh, that impact and that impact means something when uh, on, on a drum a physical instrument and and at the beginning of that song every hit you can feel like his child body getting hit with a whip until it explodes in this like just constant like assault uh like I like to hyperbolize a lot. I I don't know that I've ever heard a piece of music like this. And maybe it's just where I where I'm at this year. But but it really every time I hear it, it's it's just like how how did he how did a human endure this? But how did a human create this? You know it. Um, the, both on myth and on this record, there are moments that's, that leave me thinking about, um, you know, all the sort of folk ways and sort of field recording stuff that I, um, that were like a big part of my yeah. early twenties. And there was this, there's this great record called wake up dead man, which is a recording of, um, black prison songs from Texas. And they're, they're, they're literally field recordings of prisoners working and singing. And you hear that, you know, the chip, the click, uh, you know, of, of, uh, um, of the work that they're doing. And it, it's really, um, you know, if you listen to it and you're sort of present or paying attention to it, you go through this whole saga of just thinking like this was, this was recent enough. That's that there were microphones to record this. This was recent enough right? Uh, that this was, you know, committed to tape and released. And I'm holding a CD now, um, which is the voices of imprisoned men, um, uh, you know, doing the one thing that gave them like a modicum of freedom. And it's really, it's just, it just pulls you completely out of, you know, 
your your shoes like where you're standing in the moment it it, yeah. it, it, it puts you elsewhere and that's that was really you know you know listening listening to the mountain megs thing it, it's it's like it's it's intimate and personal in a way um that you know it's not that like that typical sort of confessional stuff that we've talked about right. um like with like a julian baker or something like that it's not it's not it's not that this is this is intimate and personal in a way that is really about uh like our collective shame i think yeah and, I, and that's that's probably where it should i point think that's you. a part of it because there's a point in there where he like graphically describes sexual abuse um yep. you know which happened to all these boys uh and him and and it's a i i don't personally know the difference between what somebody like you mentioned julian baker but people like telling a story and people just relaying a story yeah. like this may it, if this never happened and and you then you heard this you would think it happened you'd be like what the fuck like why why didn't i learn this in school which is actually like a concern now like you probably didn't you it's probably a, a didn't question. learn it in school but like but like yeah. you would you would think because it's so it's so it gets to the root at, at how we can be damaged as as human beings um and and how but we can survive. Like I love at the beginning of that how how he describes yeah. cuts and bruises that he would never, like, the like diminishing like that level of abuse down to just like oh it's just a, it's just a scrape. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I what kind of like strength of spirit does it take to be able to do that? He he also answers the answer to this song is later on in the album uh, near the end called I can't hush. Where, yeah. where he's talking about his grandmother and his mother, his ancestors, and why they, they kept this down. And I think that's actually the key to what you're, how you enter this album and take this album is they're saying, so we can move forward. Like, that's the answer to it. And Lonnie is saying, okay, but I need to, you know, I think it's also important to talk about this and maybe now, now I've figured out a way to do it so we can also move forward and not dwell on this horror. Um, yeah, th those two poles of the album are just yeah. like, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, um, you know, I, 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 I took a few listens to really connect with this, um, with this one. Um, and it's partly because, you know, the, 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 the opening, uh, you know, you know, we, we listened to testing. Um, I'm a part of the wonder has this very interesting middle section that seems to lean on kind of like, I don't know, like West African high life or like, uh, sort of like Afro funk, uh, or like a little like Lagos jump in there or something. Um, and then once you get into the sort of, you know, from, um, from Oh Me Oh My on, uh, the next five or six songs are all sort of, you know, slower spoken word. Um, and, and probably for a lot of people, um, you know, I, 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 the way people listen to music now is distracted. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know if folks are going to, you know, I hope, I hope folks give this record the attention it deserves, I guess is, is the way to say it is to, you know, set aside some time and, and really let these, you know, pay attention to these songs. Don't, don't be messing around on your phone while they're playing or something <laughs> like that. Actually yeah. be present. Right. 
um, because because there is a lot happening here, and I th- I don't I don't know if the whole if the point like these are all interconnected points about us, mm-hmm. right? That's really what Lonnie Holly yeah. is showing us is uh, he's you know by showing by showing us him he is showing us us, yeah. right? Um, and I think that's that's. I don't know. To me, that's like we we talk about what the definition of an artist is or something like mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, and and knowing his work in other media now, it's sort of like, oh, Lonnie Holly isn't a, a musician. He's someone he is an artist. He has ideas and things that he wants to communicate. Sometimes he does that uh, through visual art. Sometimes he does that through music. Sometimes he does it through performance or something else. But 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 this is someone who is really interested in in in, in translating uh, uh, ideas into art and um, and we don't you know those those that's rare. Well, it, well, I think it's rare for to have be able to carry this amount of meaning and weight. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think it's rare for people to try, and I don't think it's bad for people to try. Um, just yeah. like, you know, you, you, not having like your internet went down and so you wrote a song about it. It's, it's not, not the same, same weight. Well, well, right. So, so, you know, so just a couple of days ago, um, I went with friend, friend of the show, Carrie, yeah. we went to the national gallery of art. She mentioned that there was this thing she wanted to see called called to create black artists of the American yep. South. And, um, and I'm walking around there and I, I knew we were going to be talking about Lonnie Holly in a couple of days and I'm sort of noticing the time frames and who these artists are. And I'm thinking, huh, I wouldn't be surprised if there were like a Lonnie Holly piece or two here, since I know he also created other art and sure enough, in the next room, there are like three pieces of his, um, up on a wall next to like Thornton Dial or Purvis Young. Um, and, um, and in the, in the last room, there's like a, this, this pretty massive video installation and, and you get to see and hear from, from Lonnie Holly and others. And it's in there that, that Thornton Dial has, has a couple of great moments. One of which is, uh, this phrase that I wrote down as he said, it was, you know, uh, uh, we ain't but one. Um, and that, that, you know, that phrase is really central to how he thinks of his, of his art, which is that. Um, you know, underneath all of this, we're all, we're all more alike than we are similar. And, um, and, 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 you know, your path to getting to that universal eternal thing, uh, is a function of who you are. But in the end, you know, we ain't, we ain't but one. And I I found that really, I just, I, I like wrote that down and I thought, I think this explains the Lonnie Holly record to me too. Yeah. It also like, there's a lot of like Afrofuturism in his work. Um, but but it it is, I mean, it ends and I love this final track in here. Um, it ends, he's like, it's unclear. Is he broadcasting from the past, the future? Like what, what's actually happening? But it's, it's a, it's a robotic representation of Lonnie Holly that seems a little confused, but he's also like admonishing the children like to go to bed, indicating that like, it's safe for them to go to bed. It's, it's not, there's no, it's no hiding as if like whatever work Holly was doing on the album prior to that like saved the future, which is a fantastic, (laughs) which is a fantastic thought. Um, I want to play another song because you mentioned that run of Oh Me Oh My to uh, None of Us Have But A Little While, which I think aside from Oh Me Oh My is probably the track that people are going to connect with more. It's, it's the most um, digestible 
narrative, I think, on, on the record. And it's beautiful. So, I mean, th- there is that. Uh, so here's none of us uh, will have but a little while. of gone the definition of gone when we look around for our friends and they are not here any longer with us but none of us have That the way that starts, like the, the end of that sentence is, and you better make of it what you can. And and he never yeah. says that. He just points out, like, you know what? It's up to you. But yeah. I'm gonna tell you over and over. <laughs> you need you need to get this. Yeah. Yeah, one trip, then it's done. And even if your life at times as as horrific as mine, like that doesn't change it. Like you still only get one chance. Well, there's, 
you know, thinking about thinking about the exhibit at the National Gallery and then and then sort of connecting it to 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 this, like there's there's a sense that, you know, when when um, uh, I, you know, just just a, I guess I just have a couple thoughts. One is that um, a lot of the artists whose whose work is being shown here were born in, you know, maybe the you know, between, say, like the 20s and the 50s. Holly is 1950. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Um, so these are folks who are coming into adulthood, um, you know, around the time of the passage of the civil rights or right. the civil rights act right. or before then. Right. And so, um, they are, they are choosing to make art at a time when maybe there are more pressing material, political, social, other things, uh, that, that in that question of like, oh, do we have the luxury of making art? Well, here, here were people making art as, you know, inseparable from their lives using whatever objects they had at their disposal. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of these pieces are sort of these really funky, interesting kind of like, you know, sort of scrap metal that's sort of hammered into shape with, you know, farm equipment. And really it's, it's sort of like stuff that society said, we don't, we don't want this anymore. Right. And that's, and that's why these marginalized artists got to sort of pick it up and, 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 and make it into something. And that, that quality of the, like, use the stuff that's lying around is really, really evident, um, in the kind of the, like the casualness of this feeling, right. That like, as you said, these might be sort of, you know, ad-libbed or improv like there's not really, uh, uh, some of these pieces are, are, are not really like carefully written things. They're more about performance yeah. art. And so, uh, uh, that ability to sort of like use what's there to me seems, seems really, really important and really central to the aesthetic here, because as I'm flipping through pictures from, from the other day, that's, it really, it really has this sort of found art quality and I don't like that term. And there's like all kinds of problems with how we use that, but just yeah. in general, it feels, it feels like great art that was made outside of the channels through which great art is typically made. Uh, and, and so it has to overcome like societal inertia or systemic problems while also matching, uh, the work of people who had every resource available to them. Yeah. And I think you don't like that term because, uh, that's when it, when it reaches that it's become like exploitative. It's people yeah. making art that don't need to use those resources. They're, they're doing it because they're attributing some meaning to it. And that's, that's a radically different, it's always going to be a radically different creation than if like, this is yeah. just what I have. This is the only thing I'm capable of getting. There's no other resources and look what I made. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and that, that sums up Holly's career. I mean, in a nutshell, yeah, <laughs> he's, that's what he's always done. Um, he uses a lot of wire um, and scrap in, in his sculptures, uh, it just, uh, yeah. And look, I, I'm just basing it on listening to this album and myth and seeing some of his art, but like, what a, what a remarkable, like human and, and, and existential point to aspire to be. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's the making, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that being able to go from experiencing chaos and living in sort of, you know, in the, in the, the open mouth of absurdity, um, that, uh, allows you to sometimes find the ability to like conjure up, you know, 
if everything is if everything is terrible and everything is broken and if life has no meaning and if we can't turn to a higher authority or uh, or the government or even each other sometimes you know what do we have left well what you have left is the ability to create something and to yeah. and to and to you know sort of bring meaning into the world and 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 what he's choosing to do here is to is to make work that that says to people you are connected to one another and uh, and that that seems important. I don't want to let your comment about autotune <laughs> pull us totally away from here because yeah. because there is there is there is one notable guest on this record that there, um, there is and, that, and uh, with the, with the guests yeah. with the guests on this record uh, they they work when they're invisible. Um, none of yeah. us have but a little while features Sharon Van Etten, um, and you, you look for a connection um, to that, and she toured with him. And and really has a, a close personal relationship uh, with with him um, with Justin Vernon. Uh, I, I can't find that. I, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I do know he has a tool that he deploys with with blunt force. And this is not a comment on his talent or or your appreciation of it. Uh, it's a it's a tool that just just never worked for me. And it and as somebody who really like loves soul music because it is the creation of somebody's just voice. Um, the, the Justin Vernon's, the, the James Blake's like all that shit. Like it, it can't, it does not penetrate me like at all. It, yeah. it feels fake. Um, and, uh, and like I said, it, it, that song even succeeds Despite that, <laughs> it does. Despite it does. that, yeah, um, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I want to be clear uh, in, in, in in what I mean. I hope everybody's clear because I don't want to get kicked out of Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But but it is, but it is yeah it it is that that's the only point in the album where I was like this is jarring, like I, I was I was in a place and then it was like I this is what does this have to do with this. Um, yeah, it feels like a shift. It, yeah. it feels like a, yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is part of Lonnie's message. Like Lonnie, like presumably chose who you wanted to work with. Yeah. So that, that's not, you know, uh, nobody yeah. should question and, and that. It, and it clearly improves the visibility of, of the record. Oh, yeah. it, it, you know, there's, 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 uh, you know, the, did it need it though? Um, the search engine, the search engine optimization strategy is better when you have, you know, just. But that makes me so sad. That makes me so sad that we know, think that, that this can't stand by itself without anybody else on it. And I mean, look, I'm I'm in favor of like all the guests guests on this except for More Mother, um, and the uh, who's the singer on If We Get Lost They'll Find Us, uh, Rokia Kone. Oh, it's, uh, she's a, a, a Malian yeah. singer, um, and she works a lot with Peter Gabriel. And she has uh, at Real World Studios. Yeah, I, I think uh, that you could uh, just remove those from the record, and it, it's not a better or worse record. It's just did feel. Did someone did was there a mix up with the collaborator invitation lists, and did Lonnie Holly get? By mistake, did he get the gorillas collaborators? <laughs> and did the gorillas get his? I don't know. Is that is it possible there was a mix up? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, that's funny because, because the people who should be on the gorillas record, right? Yeah, I quite like that record actually. Um, it's no Demon yeah. Days, but uh, uh, you know, 
Yeah, and, and and actually, that's a good point. That's that's how we should, I think, land this. Um, is that that type of collaboration? It, I mean, it serves a purpose, right? And it mm-hmm. either is interesting or not. For the Gorillas album, uh, I've never been the biggest fan of Thundercat's solo work. Uh, as a musician, he's like peerless. He's fucking. He's amazing. But like that that track he does with Gorillas, I'm like, oh, I think I would just rather hear the Thundercat version of this, <laughs> you know. Okay. Um, but yeah. at the same time, as impossible as it is to believe in 2023, there are people that listen to Gorillas who don't know who Thundercat is. Yeah. So there's a lot of like colonialism like going on, yeah. like yeah. Lot, a lot of that, and and uh, but we we don't live in a perfect society, and I think that's. That's the main point of Lonnie's experience, and I think what he's trying to tell people, uh, you know, nothing is 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 perfect, and you have to, yeah, I think what I want is you have to be on this rock together. We are yeah. like it's not it's not like we yeah. get to decide like we just are. Um, so so deal with it. But yeah, I think I I I don't see me liking another album this much this year or maybe even listening to another album <laughs> maybe this is this yeah well it's been it's it's really been you know we've um you know you and i like to talk about things that we like yeah. about and sort of not pay mind to things that we don't like and it's it's been a struggle to find things that we really wanted to talk about in 2023 and and this really feels like the first one that was just a a sort of no doubter yeah. you know um it should it should end up on you know it should end up on a lot of lists by the end of the yeah, year and like win every Grammy and like whatever just like get, give give the man his flowers like yeah. do it um, we're gonna take a quick break and come back and uh, finish up the show uh, in the meantime if you still have not listened to Lonnie Holly's Oh Me Oh My go out and do that do because it. I guarantee you it's gonna be more interesting than than what we have to say in the next five minutes. now are you why yeah um i'm i'm worried about the ai I guess. <laughs> yeah, we have our own issues with that man uh <laughs> if you can't tell we love that lonnie holly record it is available everywhere now i got my copy at uh rushmore uh, i got dan mm. to get in a, a non a, just a regular black vinyl uh, which was nice. Uh, here in milwaukee i know you can get it there you can get it at lilliput records I'm not sure if Ken will have it at Acme. You should. Hmm. All kinds of record stores should should carry this. But and then Birdland. Yeah. Like they're they're yeah, gonna have I'm it sure. in, in DC. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't pop over there yesterday, but I'm sure they have it. So I wanted to spring this question on you. Um as as we kind of like start to like mess with the format a little bit uh in this back half of the season going into the next season, I think. Um but uh the other day, they announced that Apple Music is launching a classical music app. 
right? So oh. it is just <laughs> just an app just for classical music. And in looking at it, it has all the hallmarks of like good PR speak to like, we're really planning on fucking you, the consumer over later because what, what it is. And I can tell by your face that like you, you are not aware of this, but I'll, but I'll break it down and so yeah. you can see what you think. Um, that the, they bought a service, uh, that was dedicated to classical music. They're bringing that into Apple music and then breaking it off as their own thing with the advantages of stronger search algorithms, <laughs> like better ID three tagging, maybe even higher quality streams. And if you think about that, maybe if you're a classical music fan, that's great. But my immediate question was like, so why not just make that those improvements to your main product? And the reason is, and, and this is, this is where like, this is the real question I want to answer because, um, my thinking is it's because the intent is clearly to eventually start offering subscriptions by genre. You think I'm off? Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know if I think they're, they're going to do this for every genre. Um, and, and the reason I think that is that, um, you know, classical music like jazz, there there are a lot of recordings that, you know, are out under five different titles by five different labels. And, you know, there's there's that's the kind of thing that the sort of metadata should have helped us sort out by now. But no one really cares to do it. Right. So. So, so you read the press um, release. <laughs> I did not read the press release. That's what the but, press but, release but, says. But, but that was, but that's, but that's my immediate yeah. thought was just basically that that like it's a challenge, you know, if you hear about or if you read somewhere that there is this like notable piece of classical music, mm. um, you can spend a lot of time in Apple Music or Tidal or Spotify or whatever you use trying to figure out if the thing that you found is that recording or not, and you don't get a clear answer. So, um, you know, I I would. I'm like, if they did it for, for jazz, I would, I might be really into it. Well, that, and, and that, that's, that's where I'm leaning. So it is, so basically what we're talking about though is kind of back to the Napster days. We haven't improved yeah, that much yeah. because you could find like a copy of like what's going on and you wouldn't know if it's the album copy. You wouldn't know if it's a lot, yeah. just like, uh, which has its uh, pluses and minuses, but it imagine though, like you are we're both apple music subscribers and suddenly they're they're like okay we're breaking jazz off and now you have to pay more now for you and me who listen to a lot of different genres that's kind of like wait a minute bro <laughs> let's yeah, not do that yeah. but for an average consumer i don't think that's actually that that egregious a shift um, because they just won't subscribe to it. And, and in many ways they might see it as like, good, you got my, my jazz out of my Paramore playlist. Yeah. Right. right. 
I, I, I do think, well, 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 so, so my first thought was that this is people who listen to a lot of classical music to like fall asleep to, or during the day to work and they don't want to see it in their year end lists. <laughs> but, right. but, 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 but then I thought a little bit more and I'm actually thinking about the sort of hardcore classical music heads who are, um, I like, let's just be real about who they are as consumers. They, they are wealthy. Yeah. Uh, they have high, uh, they have high standards for audio quality. Um, they have sort of like an archivist's mindset and it, it might have been the case that Apple just decided that they wanted to, to court this sort of like high needs, uh, somewhat difficult audience, mm-hmm. um, by, by giving them a specialized tool that would have all the power and all the things that, that they want out of it. So I wonder if it's a really smart play to get in a segment of music listeners who listen to a lot of music, who really care about music, who are really engaged, but whose needs are radically different from yours or mine, for example. How different to you is that uh, from combining Paramount Plus and Stars? Um, you see my point? I do see your point. I do see your point. And I think we're going to live in this sort of like, like, like we're also sort of like sort of recreating radio a, a little, little bit, bit yeah. right? If we, if we start doing this genre thing. Um, so I think it remains to be seen, you know, I'm thinking about the people that I know who are, uh, the other thing is classical music listeners, people who are very, very into it. I think of as being more like the generation of, uh, parents of, yeah. uh, people I know and people in my age range and they just would not know, you know, everything about Spotify, Apple music title is geared toward the type of music that they don't listen to. And they're immediately aware of that, that it's not yeah. for them. Yeah. Right. So, so if they come to the Apple classical music thing and there's immediately like a Deutsche gramophone section, um, and a Noxos section and something else, and they can just sort by like, I want everything that Daniel Barenboim was involved yeah. with, uh, or I want to hear 40 different versions of this piece by Mendelssohn. Um, you know, if there's an organized way to give it that, give that audience that then they it may be a very smart play because you're talking about economically a group of people whose resources are basically infinite they're yeah. all they're all they're all wealthy boomers yeah. right and so um even though there's not a lot of them uh it might be within the realm of possibility to sell them on like a 29.99 dollar a month subscription right but then you're cutting out yeah and, and that's sort of my point it's like yeah. right now it's it's bundled uh plans are it's bundled under the normal uh service and if you have apple one and but i can see okay. it like being an add-on i mean as an artist too i think it, it it might introduce some confusion like the last piece i like released could arguably be called neoclassical like does that yeah. does that suddenly like oh it doesn't qualify for because i would hope that somebody who likes that type of music is gonna is gonna like that but if i can't get it on the service they listen to like what does that do to 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 how i i create i I mean i have to imagine this will be that that classical music won't be excluded from yeah, well, from Apple Music we in hope. general, right? Like, like you'll still be able to get there, and this is really just like a sort of a portal or like a different, um, you know, a different way to to group that music. And it, and really, I mean, I mean, I think I think we'll know by the design choices they make and by how it yeah. looks, who it's who it's for, and what the play yeah. is. Um, 
It could be. It could be nefarious. You might yeah. be right. It could be nefarious. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, we've been able to trust these companies up to this point. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I would, I would love to. I would, I would like, like for jazz, for mm-hmm. example, I would love to be able to specify that I want to hear, uh, you know, um, a bunch of different versions of "It Might as Well Be Spring" uh-huh. by piano trios only. Right. And like, don't give me quintets. Don't give me anything else. Don't give me solo piano. Give me piano trios. Like I like I would love to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, And I have to imagine that uh, if there's something that I can uh, conceive of like that, that if you're like a hardcore classical nerd, your needs are like way, 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 you know, more advanced. So. It might just be a way for them to like Technology meet exists. the needs of like a very demanding audience without making, you know, the person who wants that, you know, who wants their paramour and their Dua Lipa. Yeah. Um, and they don't need all of that extra baggage, all that extra power. All right. Sorry to spring that on. Sorry, TBD. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry to spring that on. We'll, we'll uh, yeah. Yeah, go, now go back and read the the information. I think I sent you some of that yeah. and uh, and see what that what you think about that. Uh, again, I'm we'll do. I'm skeptical. One thing we're gonna so we're we're taking a break next week. We're gonna be off next week or yeah next week and be back in two weeks. Uh, I think one thing I do want to talk about that I I don't know if we should have people on for this because I don't know if I can find the people. Uh, Spotify just announced that the, the artist direct program, uh, which is reduced royalties, uh, but placement on these playlists that, that artists crave. Um, there's, there's lots, there's lots to say about that. Like it's, and if you think it's all bad, uh, it's not an interesting position. Likewise, if you think it's all good, that's not an interesting that's about as as gray area as as we get. So I, I kind of want to talk about that, about the definition of payola in in twenty twenty three, um, and what uh, what makes sense for working musicians. Yeah. But finding finding minds to do that might be because it is it's a polarizing issue, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we'll be back in the meantime. Uh, I am. Oh, I'm putting uh, our interviews up on YouTube. That's happening. Oh yes. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. So if if you're just like I hate listening to anything in earbuds, but I watch everything on my TV. It's a little weird, but cool, man. We got you. Um, Some yeah. So we're it. gonna we're yeah. gonna have that all up there. No TikTok yet. Uh, we're just, we're just waiting for it to get banned and then we can just skip it entirely. Yes. Uh, but beyond that, I can tell you, um, let's see coming up on the show. I don't know what, oh, I do know, uh, the Robert Ellis album that's coming out. We're going to be talking about that. I hope we have time to catch up with him. Uh, Eric Johnson, fruit bats has now come out. We are talking with him. Uh, we're going to be talking with, uh, circles around the sun and, oh, last thing. And I swear to God, we're going. Uh, Quantum Criminals, a book about Steely Dan. Uh, it comes yeah. out in May. I've read it. We're talking to uh, the author and the illustrator of that book, and uh, it's pretty good. So, and I and I think it's going to be good because you can appreciate it in not not in the Steely Dan debate. Mm-hmm. I think it just gives you information, and you still get to decide for yourself. So, I, you haven't read it yet, right? <laughs> I have yeah. not. I have not. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle it, uh, this coming week. Yeah. Um, but it does look, but, but I did, I did sort of peep the artwork. Um, and it's really, 
It's a really nice option. Yeah, yeah. It's a really nice thing. I'm, I'm going to want to own this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's the episode. We will be back and uh, I guess just go out and listen to Lonnie Holly. My good advice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. See you guys later. Uh-huh.